Hello, and welcome to this edition of Nobody Reads, Oh Wait, Yes They Do. Today we're going to talk a bit about Northanger Abbey, Jane Austen, its author, and Anne Radcliffe, the author of many a gothic romance. So, I'm going to get started with, I used to love Jane Austen. I still love Jane Austen, don't get me wrong. But a while back, on my summer lunch break, I would take a Jane Austen lunch break. And one summer, I happened upon this novel, Northanger Abbey. And my edition is just a simple Dover Classics edition. Price is right. It was $3.50. And it has, you know, very little in the way of um, annotations. So I decided to annotate it a little bit myself. Because its main character, Catherine Moreland, is, um, she's kind of like my spirit animal in terms of characters. <laughs> she loves gothic novels and is the type of person whose imagination gets away with her. And this novel, it's really adorable. You kind of have to read some gothic novels to understand its concept. So um, I have some good friends who've read Northanger Abbey. And they weren't too keen on it. They thought it was boring. Um, but I tend to disagree with them because I've actually taken the time to read some of the horrid novels mentioned in it. So we're going to get started and talk a bit about the Gothic novel and the Gothic novel specifically in Northanger Abbey. So first we're going to get started talking about what a Gothic novel actually is. So, um, the first Gothic novel is widely notated as Horace Wapples, The Castle of Otranto. And um, if you're going to read it, I recommend getting the free ebook uh, that's in the public domain. I do have the Penguin Classic, which does have a nice um, introduction and some good timelines. But uh, the way the text is published, it's really hard to read. Uh, Sometimes the whole page is a paragraph, which is kind of hard to read, especially if you're like me. So this book, The Castle of Otranto, launched the gothic novel genre. And just another recommendation, there's a great audible or audio edition narrated by Tony Jay, and it just sets the mood for what a gothic novel is. So... Gothic novels tended to tie in terror, this concept of terror, with um, an ancient or medieval sense of things. And they became became popular in the late uh, 18th century, so the 1700s. Uh, this book is a real quick read. It's actually not mentioned in the uh, Northanger Abbey book. And it's kind of funny because it's the setting is an ancient castle in one of the principalities of what is now Italy. It's romantic, remote, and quite sinister. And the cool thing about this book is you kind of have to suspend reality. And I think that's part of what makes the Gothic novel what it is, is that the reader has to uh, at least be open to the idea of supernatural and sinister means. And that really takes us to where Northanger Abbey is. Our heroine in Northanger Abbey, Catherine Moreland, 
is a young woman, single. Most uh, novels by Jane Austen start out that way. And she loves reading Gothic novels. I don't think her family would approve. But she uh, makes a good friend who is reading a Gothic novel by Anne Radcliffe, The Mysteries of Udolpho, which, again, is not super popular in the United States. But actually, I think across the pond, you'll find an Oxford World Classic. I did buy the Penguin Classic of this book. And it's actually a, it's a really fun read. So we'll talk a little bit about that and how it really informs how one is to read Northanger Abbey. Now, to understand the context of Northanger Abbey, you have to, again, think about, open it as if it's a comedy. It's really a satire of what the Gothic novel is. So in order to enjoy it to its fullest, you have to actually read a Gothic novel. And I would recommend actually reading the book that it is satirizing and the book that both Catherine in the book in Northanger Abbey and Isabella Thorpe, the other main character, are reading is The Mysteries of Udolpho. There are many references in Northanger Abbey to various things happening in Udolpho. And um, I didn't really understand Northanger until I actually took the time to read Udolpho. So a couple of really important notes with that. Northanger Abbey is just shy of 200 pages. The Mysteries of Udolpho is over 600. So I can understand how some of my friends are like, I'm not making that investment in Udolpho. However, there are two other great Anne Radcliffian or written Radcliffe books that I've read. I've also read a couple of her other works, um, her earlier works, A Sicilian Romance and The Romance of the Forest. So if you don't want to make that investment in Udolpho, I recommend, um, I really, really, really enjoyed The Romance of the Forest by Anne Radcliffe. Uh, I just thought it was really neat has very similar themes. You'll see that all of Anne Radcliffe's books have similar themes, but this one out of all of them had the most, it was a quicker read than Udolpho and the characters were really intriguing. That said, if you're only going to read one Anne Radcliffe book, go with a Sicilian romance. It is short. It is um, got great characters and it's about, you know, a little bit over the length of Northanger Abbey. So that's just my quick recommendation there. So let's talk a little bit about Udolpho itself. It is um, really another character in Northanger Abbey. And part of it is that it is the main source of entertainment and imagination for Catherine and her friend Isabella. And it's kind of fun. It really is fun. The characters have a lot of drama. It is very dramatic. There are many mysterious pieces to it, including this sculpture or a veil. It's been a couple years since I've read it, so I apologize. There are uh, many different heroines in Anne Radcliffe books. However, they tend to faint a lot, so just be forewarned there. Um, But it's kind of... Interesting. Anne Radcliffe's characters are really 
um, good people, but forced around by the whims of other people around them with both good and nefarious means. Emily St. Aubert, who's the main character of Rodolfo, she, I think, is worth rooting for. She's um, got that goodness, a goodness like a uh, character like um, the main character, Edith, from The Inheritance, which was my last podcast. Um, just an inherently good character. And um, yeah, it's kind of fun. But that said, there are other Gothic novels in Northanger Abbey that are mentioned. The Castle of Waffenbuck, Clermont, The Mysterious Warning, The Orphan of the Rhine, The Necromancer of the Black Forest, The Midnight Bell, and Horrid Mysteries. And the other thing is, I don't remember if, and I would be highly shocked if Northanger Abbey also mentioned The Monk by Matthew Lewis, which... I'll be honest, I read it. It was the most disgusting novel I've ever read. So I do not recommend The Monk. It was written by a a young man. And it was, you know, perhaps it's because I'm Catholic. It was the most anti-Catholic book I've ever read. You'll actually get a sense, a thread of anti-Catholicism more subtly in Anne Radcliffean books, but not to the level of absolute defamation of character and um, taking what is sacred in the Catholic church and, and really destroying it. So an anti-recommendation there. And you don't need to read that to understand. Um, it was just understand Northanger Abbey. Last bit of my rant. It was just incredibly profane as well. So anyway, but it's out there. So back to the Gothic novel. Um yeah, so the cool thing is there's always, like, some villains. There's some characters in between. But the nice thing about an Anne Radcliffe novel is that you're going to get a lot of description of these beautiful places and scenes around us. And you can even, like, it's a, it's a very sensory novel. You can even hear water running or birds singing or see those verdant scenes, which... Um, and mountain, and woods, and and banditti, all those key things. Um, so yeah, it's really nice. It almost starts out like a Disney novel or Disney movie, because poor Emily is tragically orphaned, and she's thrown, according to Penguin, to the mercy of her heartless aunt's sinister new husband. Hmm. That doesn't sound good. And the other piece of that is, is that I've noticed in this genre, whether it's Anne Radcliffe, whether it's Clermont, which I also read, but I honestly don't remember. I think it was almost too much drama in that gothic novel that, um, yeah, it's just, there's always like a sinister character. So yeah, so that's that. Again, so I recommend reading at least one of those Anne Radcliffe books before you pick up Northanger Abbey so you understand it a little bit more. Because Catherine in Northanger Abbey, her imagination runs away with her because she's immersed in these other books. I'm going to backtrack a little bit to conclude this podcast and just talk um, 
a little more about Anne Radcliffe and her life and some of the themes that you'll see in her books. Um, the nice thing about her books, aside from their fainting fits, her heroines do faint an awful lot, but underneath their fainting, they are very strong women and they're good people and they find good allies to work with. Like I said before, there are many threads of anti-Catholicism. Uh, you can kind of get uh, Anne Radcliffe's own sensibilities, thinking that Catholics were superstitious, which again, to me who is a Catholic person was a little frustrating, but understandable from an English context. If you're going to read an Anne Radcliffe book, I recommend either starting with A Sicilian Romance or The Romance of the Forest, which both of these books were published before The Mysteries of Udolpho and are definitely shorter. I've also read The Castles of Athenin and Dubane, which was her first book. And I'm looking to read her last book, but I really can't get into it because it was kind of a response to The Monk, which I already did not like. It's called The Italian, which is um, based on a fictional monk or Franciscan or something like that. Uh, so it's that's already been a little hard for me to get started in. But the nice thing about A Sicilian Romance and The Romance in the Forest, and I'd recommend reading just one of them because Unfortunately, their plots are somewhat similar. The romance of, in the, of the forest is a bit more nuanced. And um, you can see that in the two books, of the two books, um, like super similar themes. The nice thing about the romance in the forest is, unfortunately, it doesn't have an audio edition. So you kind of have to insert yourself into it. But... I really liked it because her characters in this book are more complex than in her first two novels. And they definitely have more dimensions. And you can see that this book is just, it's so well written. And it's so, if you haven't read another Radcliffian novel, you'll, you're in for a lot of surprises. That said, if you want a shorter book, read A Sicilian Romance, also very good about three wonderful siblings um, and has some shocking twists and turns. So that's enough about Anne Radcliffe. Like I said, um, the nice thing about Gothic novels, they're based in a time and place that isn't real. Um, you have to at least think about the psychology of what terror is and suspend um, your reality a little bit and be a little bit open to scary things. Uh, they're great to read at night. I remember I did read Claremont, like I said before. Unfortunately, the plot didn't really stick with me, but I did have moments where I was scared, like legit scared, and a bit, probably because I was reading at night and I scare easily. But yeah, it's just it's just a fun book, good drama. Um, just be mindful of some contextual things and happy reading.